to Five Blossom Radio with your host, Denise Richard. Five Blossom Empowerment is based on an unusual model for growth, combining elements of the arts, health, and spirituality. Now, here is Denise Richard. So welcome to Five Blossom Radio. This is Denise Richard. Very excited to speak today about um, a new program. Well, it's not actually new. It's been uh, in design for um, perhaps a number of years. But as a program, uh, it's, it's an exciting thing to consider. It's foundational. It's easy listening in some ways because there's not probably uh, any challenges to understanding what I'm going to speak to. We're talking about the Four Voices program that uh, bridges philosophy of earth with consciousness of faith. Now, this discourse highlights a way of old, and it's the creation of an envelope, of a way of relating, uh, a way of supporting a climate of care. So as we cycle through and continue to come up against these challenges um, that place so much importance on our survival, Five Blossom Radio uh, would like to speak and to uh, speak to the unfolding, to how I see the uh, the way that things move and can move, and uh, introducing four voices as a practical way of understanding uh, and relating spiritually. So it's 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 sensitive stuff, but it's it's basic. It's easy to talk about when you look at it from the angle that I look at it. I'd like to say that this is a way of relating. It's uh, as I share the insights and the stories, and I that can help with the view that I share. Uh, I hope that you gain a little insight as to what I, what you can do to bring more care to the issues that come forward for you. So I begin our talk uh, with a little help from a, a common image. I like to use imagery. I'm visual. I'm an artist. And I love to use images as a way to open a discourse or open a talk because it uh, puts us on a, on a personal view together. It might, you know, your view will be different from mine, but it gives you uh, something simple to start with. So the image that pops up uh, to start off with is the image uh, of a little window. So it's a common image, four glass panes held in a wooden frame. So perhaps uh, there's a little curtain. I have a little curtain on mine. So you don't actually need to look through it. Um, but I, I'm going to draw the curtain and observe a way or a view of reality for some people, what I'm going to describe is, is standard, uh, and it seems usual. For others, it's forgotten. It's like, oh, yeah, I don't think about that anymore. I don't consider that anymore. Or I haven't thought about that in a very, very long time. So as I look through my little window, I see that there's four little panes, and each su supports a foundation or a way of old. And it's I perceive each of these pains as a pillar. So as an indigenous elder would say, each of the quadrants of the whole is essential. So the building of the foundation is actually the building of foundation for security. 
So you can consider this in different areas of your life, how you know that that's true for you. So if the square that I'm presenting to you is known to hold the heart of our foundation, I see the shape within the squares. I see a shape. So you see the four squares and you see the crossroads and you see a shape within that and the shape that I see is the circle because it holds. So in the spiritual way, as a symbol, these together work with the foundation. So all cultures know the support and the holding of stability and community and consider these shapes as a way to speak of the graceful holding. These shapes link us in some mysterious way to something greater than us. So I'm going to take a breath and allow, just allow for that. Perhaps it feels right, perhaps it doesn't. Just allow for that image. And I speak now, I'm going to speak to the four pillars. Three of them are commonly spoken of. The fourth isn't easy. And the circle within I would say is what helps open us to it. Open us to the flow or link us to the power. So otherwise the quadrants would remain separate. They wouldn't work together. So I perceive a view here that is indigenous. For those of you who know that view, I speak of indigenous because it holds the roots of who we are and where we come from. So this, I perceived it at, at all levels, and I won't go too deep, too much detail into that, but what I would like to say is there's a felt and heard experience here as it's felt and heard with language. And to me, that's sufficient. As we still hear the words today, and that these words, to, words today still hold us. So that's a very sensitive way of speaking. In the way of uh, my elders or the people that have given me uh, the knowledge, it's uh, a way of speaking and opening the mind. So if the words feel like they're floating, let them float for a while. And watch what happens as we come deeper and deeper and deeper into the solidifying of the thought that I'm bringing you or how it, how it solidifies for you. So consider that what I've just shared as foundation for the thought and sets this thought and is remembered thousands of years later. It reflects truth and experience truth as experience. So the building of this foundation that I just spoke of has provided source for growth and understanding for thousands of years. And the way is to actually look to see if the truth is still there for us today, if it's true for us today. So 
If it is, then we have the making of the heart of change. In other words, we have only to respect the way of old and find the clearing. So, as we bridge philosophy of earth with consciousness of faith, the view is going to be a rich blend, a blend of perspectives. Earth-based philosophy can be practical and can be really obvious, as simple as an analogy of the four elements, the way the four elements relate, really. So today I think back and I, and I could remember many examples of having been given uh, different practices or trainings that relate to, to what I just said. But I also think back to grade school where I think about the, you know, the table of elements in science and how that impacted me. So it's, it's, we're talking foundation. And later, I remember you know, the teachings that placed heart on the importance of the relationship of earth, water, fire, and air. So what supports existence? So the way of old reflected earth power and spoken heart so that these basic elements could continue to provide protection and nourishment, mirroring a profound respect for earth and held in heart, held in song, held in, held, held in sound. It was shared. The beauty of it was shared. So building bridges here and bridges upon bridges, as let's say the building of societies links us in a web of thought and not through the way of old. So the needs evolve and curtains close. So if the window for the way of old is unveiled once again, because the scream is freely loud, I mean, we have millions and millions of people gathering, screaming that they want help. They need community. They need contact. They need earth. They need love. And should we listen, we have reclamation. So if the four pillars, as I just mentioned, are like the four basic elements, that build us into society, we may reclaim a way and further integrate the power of indigenous knowledge. So to support and help define our needs, we would need to inspire, inspire relationships and new beginnings. So with that, I'm going to now start giving Another, I love telling stories, and the stories are experience are experiential. So I have this this love for sharing where the knowledge came from, how I got to that, or little links that'll help you make sense of why is she talking like that. So this particular story um, is 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 of an indigenous elder who shared her knowledge. And that was not very long ago, actually. This one was just uh, 
just a little while back, but she spoke of seed consciousness. And I was so taken by her comment. I, it was It's one of those that, you know, your breath kind of dissipates a little bit. You go, wow, that was very strong. And her story, uh, she spoke about how grandmothers sowed seeds into their aprons. Now you think, well, why would this be important today? Well, this story um, touched a deep need within. It touched me because uh, it made me understand how there was a real consciousness around maintaining value, maintaining relationship, and maintaining the tribe, maintaining community, maintaining family at all costs. When you have to keep remembering that, when you have to hold that that close to you, uh, it's very, very, um, well, it speaks of a lot of care. And that today, should we reclaim the value by considering where we come from and knowing that as we move on, that it's essential to bring the seeds forward. So the sowing of the seeds into the apron was a way of guaranteeing that should there be a sudden loss, the potential for food and sustenance would be provided. So I think about how delicate that is. You don't have an apron, you have to move. Wow, it's very strong. We don't, we don't consider that so much. I mean, some people do because they live on that edge, but I would say very seldom do we consider that. And on average. So that story, I'm telling you that story because as I move forward here, the work together in the process of what we're doing, if it's accepted, will present to you circumstances that might initiate new thought. And in this, in this purpose, it's like the holding of the seeds, you know. I believe and see firmly through experience that the, the seed is actually with the feminine. And her story is everyone's story. It's, her story is one. So this understanding that earth, and as many of us have heard it time and time again, that earth is feminine and works with mother. So it reflects that she's the one who provides health, nourishment, and security. In essence, it's her wisdom. And this wisdom is forgotten. And now, as we reclaim this understanding and power, and we continually want to go back and try, we, we continue to try and consider that, but we also need to awaken perhaps to the indigenous voice that speaks to the need. So to hold the knowledge and play the part, the first voice of the four voices is the voice of the feminine. So who's the voice of the feminine? Well, she's the voice of the mother. I just, you know, that's obvious. She's the one who shares. She's the voice who shares. She shares knowledge. Uh, she holds the seed. She shares that. Um, the voice of the indigenous woman, the voice of those who came before us, 
it's not necessarily that we want to see it as female. So this is the feminine in all, I would say, because sometimes there's a blend. We know that. We've evolved enough and we can accept that, that it's not necessarily gender specific. But the way you feel about the way things are is initiated. She initiates. So indigenous culture was set up to engage and repair relationship. It had to. So devotion to her, to the earth, as the power of creation, as respected, because she feeds. So security here, she brings security. Security here is a broad relationship that engages all voices. So she's the foundational voice. So reviewing this employs people to learn that how to be in a cultural mix with original holding. We need to come back to the roots. Roots are security. And this sense, this, it, it's sense-making here as we face the change. So it's potential repair to our relationship to the earth as mother. So I'm taking a breath and I'm enjoying sharing this. It's sensitive and I hope that you can follow me. I'm going to speak now of the of two other voices. I'm going to come back in here and give you some more storyline and engage you a little bit. So the next little window engages the voice of the, that that window and sorry engages the voice of the feminine as receptive and accepting of our dependency. So moving on, the next voice, it's a powerful voice, they're all powerful, respects as I look through the window, I hold memory, and I, I'm living in a small moment in time when I was sitting quietly in a small wooden boat. This is an old boat. And it was one of those, you know, handmade boats. And it was, it was weathered, and it had, you know, the, 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 the paint chips all over it, but it was secure. And here I was floating on this well-known river, and I had uh, a very, um, I have a, had a gracious elder who knew the land and knew the, the water, so I was, I was able to sit back and, and simply enjoy being journeyed on the water. And I was uh, taken by the momentum so strongly. It used to be that you see these in the old films and people just journeying lightly in their little rowboat. The experience is very profound if you just let yourself go. And here I'm, I'm you know, taken by this and I, I, I'm assuming that because this was his job, he took people on the river, uh, that he was witnessing how taken I was. And in doing that, says... You know, I know somebody who you might want to meet. I think this person would really enjoy meeting you because, you know, there was a way of talking and a way of enjoying that was familiar to him in some way. So I, I accepted the invitation and was profoundly touched by the, by the experience because I was brought to meet somebody who... Uh, engaged in knowledge and, and care. He was a local care provider. I'm recounting this because 
this elder came to mind as significant as he offered respect. And he reflected concerns. He, we had very profound discussion, but he spoke through his cultural understanding. He spoke very honestly, and he gave support. He gave suggestions. And one of the most profound suggestions was that I would perhaps enjoy offering support to the community in a certain way and offer food to those in need. The experience of doing that in that community setting was, uh, I mean, you become a guest of honor um, in a way that is so deeply touching. So here he's, he's actually providing a way for the feminine. And the joy of it was, uh, was touching. So the second voice uh, on this journey, now I had two, two elderly gentlemen who um, gave me really b- a beautiful experience and gave a way of heart to old knowledge, an old way of discourse, but also old way of engaging a stranger in, in a strange land. And the voice of the masculine elder really protected my journey and spoke with extreme care and helped provide a, not only a little bit of leadership and wisdom, but also protection. How That's how I felt it. So the voice of the masculine, the voice that protects, uh, the voice that engages and knows the place of power and how to hold it and, and concern for the welfare of others. So a voice that speaks of unknown and holds a place for all. So the voice that actively actually calibrates, that's how I felt. These men calibrated a certain rhythm in the community and uh, held uh, the need for power and held, held it collectively. So the masculine in all is the second voice. It's not, again, not gender specific, but offers awareness, clarity of mind, engagement, and the masculine as protective. So the view from our little window now becomes more detailed. I see the four squares, the feminine, the masculine, rather traditional and probable. So speaking of this engages now the understanding of the masculine born of the feminine. And that is what helps us hold the earth. In the natural world, these are inseparable and it's actually the way that enables renewal, renewability and sustainability. In a society as ours, we see conflict between these two, but as the roles are often misrepresented, unfortunately we become vulnerable with concern, especially when safety is at stake. So when the foundation isn't stable there, we all know it. So the work in care today in our society is known as the way of heart, yes, but the work lends care to the distinct needs of each. And how will this play out when this world is so upset? The union of the first and second, of the feminine in form, with the masculine holds the third voice, so the voice of union. 
So here, the voice of counsel is union in which acts with creativity. The power that compels us to create of this generous earth, of this generous force. So held in the sacred way, it protects and inspires movement. So ancient healing systems document how the play of movement is born of elements. So where healing is born of creative care and balance. So if the voice of counsel is good enough, the work and healing will be supported, making the play eventful, creative, engaging, mindful, and nonviolent because it's playful. So the way of care is supported for repair. The voice is dual, and yet together creates much more. It claims presence on land. So, so far from our window, we have the basics. So we have three now. The knowledge gained through experience will say in the last century and through the present reality is actually where we need to hold. This would not have much support as the premise can only hold when there is a way offered. So imagine that the window with these little squares can only come together with the fourth square. So engaged then by the circle. So as I'm moving forward here, I'm my time is running out and on just on cue because I'll bring in the fourth square in, you know after the break. Uh, for those inspired by what I'm talking about, uh, to help with this grounding, Five Blossom Gathering does offer little gifts. I think some of you already know. And as a way to support the interest, uh, we're promoting a way of earth stewardship. Now, it's easy to find. Go to fiveblossomgatherings.com. Registration is essential. And through that, you'll get an email with a ticket. The other thing that Five Blossoms is offering is um, it's a beginning class and it's free. It's an ancient practice that beautifully reconnects us. And it's called the flying crane and it's good for all ages. And it's good for those who love quiet practice, who love the contemplation, love the kindness. So registration for that one is also is essential. And you can get that one through eventbrite.ca to get your ticket. So welcoming you was really a pleasure to this program. I hope that you stay with us so that we can share with you then the next voice and then explain a little bit of how that circle engages it and the view that I'm bringing forward hopefully uh, will inspire a few thoughts. We'll speak to you shortly. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Five Blossom Gatherings is the website and program from Denise Richard. By visiting FiveBlossomGatherings.com, you'll find out more about Denise's professional Tai Chi and Qigong services. Explore her website and view works of art and much more. You can book healing and counseling sessions with Denise. She works with clients who have health interests and concerns. 
Her programs include Knowing Your Whole Body, Self-Care for Your Health, and Inspiring Wholeness. Visit 5BlossomGatherings.com today. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Build a better business. Achieve that goal. Make good on that resolution. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. You are listening to 5 Blossom Radio. Connect with the program today by calling in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Or send an email to 5BlossomGatherings at gmail.com. Now, back to 5 Blossom Radio. So, welcoming you back. Okay, so taking a bird's eye view of our discussion so far, a little recap. So, I'll offer the image uh, again uh, for a little window with four panes. Each window is a way of relating. Uh, I describe four voices, really, uh, all inherent within, and each speaking of awareness in a particular way, and how culture creates form and form contains us. So I've highlighted the voice of the feminine, the feminine and all, as the indigenous voice that holds good grounding and speaks with heart and values harmony and balance. So then the voice of the masculine, the way of consciousness that cares for the whole. Movement. The masculine offers a little bit of uh, an awareness for wellness and protection and moves towards that end. Our third voice reflects the quality of relationship that supports union of these and cares for the evolution, the evolution of culture, the care of culture. So our fourth voice is a way that speaks to consciousness held. I share here with a little story that lines up with the popular theme, something we know about, as the purpose of this story is to give you an idea. Ideas, as we know, can be really powerful. When I think of ideas, I, it's somehow I continually get the image of blowing winds. It's always the same image. It's this, you know, like leaves flying in the wind. But it doesn't have to be um, hard or furious, but an idea uh, supports uh, often change. And the need for complexity here is that with us all the time, we're always looking to deal with the complex issues that we hold and to put things together in a new way. So this is a true story. I'm in the presence of an elder, and this is a lineage holder who worked tirelessly to protect her little village. And she was born in a world of old and very, very strong-minded, spiritual, loving, a very, very good woman. Her gift was the gift of prayer. 
and her way was a sacred relationship with earth. How she did that was actually, well, very common today. Her roots were Christian. And at the same time, she was absolutely pure blood indigenous. She was completely connected to the power of land, the power of herbs, and also connected to what we know today as faith, as a popular faith. So her voice in this story is very strong because hers was a natural blend of earth-based philosophy and traditional faith. So in practice, she instructed and gave counsel and taught. She taught of a presence and of the importance of devotion in relationship with power. As a novice student, I witnessed I witnessed her beauty. I was so, um, it's hard to describe the presence of an elder who is, is so well connected and gracious in herself. So in her prayer, that we can contemplate in, in, a, in a very sensitive way, those who have that experience, but also to be able to witness how her particular beauty was to explain how the land talked to her and spoke to her and how she engaged in prayer through that. It created a, a, an, es- an essence that I would, I actually smile because I want to tell you the real, the real thing was that she really was fond of flowers, as many of us are, but she couldn't live without it. She couldn't uh, look anywhere without it. She would engage a flower at a level of engagement that would make you go as if, as if you, you were the bee and you could, smell the, you could smell the nectar. That's how strong it was to be around her. So I, I'm, I'm explaining how the concept of five blossoms actually comes alive here too, where she brought the essence of the four squares and she brought the essence of the circle. And each was a way of thinking, a way of blooming, a way of, of, a way of inspiration. So I often witnessed uh, when in her presence uh, a fever unfold. And I say that because her power was uh, very, very intense. It was, she was very kind, very gentle, very quiet many times, but the effect upon participants and the range of experience was, was really power, really powerful. Um, for some, it was very easy to be around her. For those, uh, it may not be, not because she did anything, but it was like rock and roll. It was intense. Some participants responded with, with you know, that, that fervor, the needs for, you know, to be special or to be treated special uh, in a special way. I often witnessed uh, that, uh, that fever unfold, and when the power when the power was supported especially, when she had a gathering. So you can imagine what I'm telling you in other contexts also. When somebody's on stage and 
we engage them and we go, wow, that's that's really special. And how it just awakens something very, very beautiful. This person had that quality also. So for without the masculine, we can't take it to the next stage. In her, under her circumstances, unfortunately, it was beyond my control. I didn't understand why exactly, but her experience was really painful and made me like ask the question, well, why? What's going on? Why, why does it seem like there's a deep, not a lament, but a, a concern, a deep, a deep pain? And being younger and not really understanding her position, I now look back and see, wow, I do understand 20 years later what I couldn't see then. And that was, I didn't have any way of understanding that without the voice of the masculine that would support and protect her, that would help in solidifying her contact with humanity, she suffered. We have no way of understanding this. I don't have any way of understanding yet. Experience shows that this last voice responds to collective need. A heart gathering. The big view. And she's the voice of experience. The bigger the heart, the more you can feel. The more you know. And it's experiential. And the giving is, is exquisite, and yet the, the experience can also be of, an, uh, of, of a very different experience. So as we look through the window, this voice holds the square together, really. Because when we're responsible for the whole, experience dictates. And engaging the circle and each quadrant is what she would do. So it gives the feminine and masculine form holding counsel and the voice of experience maintains the whole. So I'm taking a little moment there to to appreciate that this is the place that we're sensitive about. We're drawn to that place. We look for these people. We need these people to open us to the bigger gathering, to the bigger view, but also to that which is beyond us. Hmm. So as we look through the window, this voice, as I mentioned, holds the square, but to generate that grounding in this day, to hold this bigger view is not easy. It takes a lot of experience, and those spiritually inclined the sensitive servant, is often the one who suffers. And they look to support a way that is kind and holds the way for others. And experience and training and service with elders is a deep process. One that helps understand, one that helps us understand, but how elders are the ones who absorb the bulk of the pain. And I'm sensitive to that now. In awareness, I now get it, that these are the people, these are the ones who lead and, and care for the whole. And at, and at a time when 
she was unique. She was a she was a forerunner. She was willing. She was willing to take the edge and stand there. If we had a culture with more grounding, she would have been able to feel perhaps more comfortable, more cared for, or be held in a bigger way. So the pain we experience when we sense there isn't enough foundation is a pain that we all feel. So those four squares are delicate, and yet they you can see, you can feel them, they, they shimmy together, and they play together. But what brings it together, what holds it together, what holds the gathering is something, something else. We all know it intuitively. So I witnessed this and sense, and I sense despair for those who need to take but have not enough commitment or containment or practical engagement to feel hope and know how to give. And that's the bingo. Know how to give. So I reflect on an experience. Here's another little story for you and how, or how easy it is to feel disengaged. This story reflects in practice uh, a degree of disassociation. Experiences that indicate that something is amiss. And I highlight this because it gives a lot of presence to common experiences. And for me, it was a eureka. I'm in, the story starts, I'm in my early studies. And this would have been about 30 years ago. I was involved in learning practical support for sensitive-minded people. So here I was in one course that was teaching a particular way to care when offering, when offering counsel. So in this work, we were supported to observe nature as a way of care. So it's pretty basic. You sit. And... Actually, there was a few, I'm, I'm considering that there were, at the same time, there are two different views on that, two different approaches to how to sit and observe nature. But this in particular, this one in particular was, say, say through the, the use of an image, if you didn't get a chance to go out, <laughs> but if you did get a chance to be outside, um, it would be observing a beautiful blossom. So again, I come back to the theme of blossom. So blossom here in this work represented uh, whatever you wanted to ha- let it have it represent. But in general, if you see, look back, you see the values, you see purity, uh, enlightenment, clarity of mind. So you see the, the 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 cleanliness of it, and the blossom also represents high values. Without the blossom, there's no fruit. <laughs> but the smell, the beauty, the color, there's, there's no comparison. So here's the, here was the practice. I, I was taught how to use the uh, blossom. And I was taught how to work with blossom. 
And I was taught how to appreciate Blossom, how I also just recently um, saw beautiful embroidery, centuries old actually, um, and most of it was Blossom and birds. And these, this embroidery was indigenous and it was, well, it was actually used as protection on the body and how to elevate the consciousness of the clan, how to, how to hold the symbology of what the clan stood for. So there's lots of history behind the blossom. So getting back to my story, uh, I was taught to observe a bloom in a way uh, to clear away, to cleanse, to, to remove obstructions. Obstruction from my mind when I was counseling. So if, if something came up, uh, and I felt a little muddy, and I wasn't quite present. I was taught how to use a blossom, the image of a blossom, or one, in, you know, perhaps there was one in front of me, and just enjoy the clearing of my mind, and then allow for counsel. Or I could do it pretty much over time without having to to go through the practice of it. It was it became more natural. The point I'm bringing forward here is that. Um, with practice, I was taught how to integrate this work and uh, to hold myself in service without interference. So here I'm going to fast forward 15 years later, <laughs> a decade, at least a decade later, but I'll, I'll, go, I'll complain a bit because there was about a five-year, four or five-year span there where I found myself suffering from a serious vision issue. No idea where it was coming from. So I was, I was very distressed because the diagnosis was really not very good. And when you're looking at potential blindness, it makes no sense all of a sudden going, I don't get it, I don't get it. And of course, you know, in a field that's ener- sensitive to energetics, it makes even less sense. Well... Life does that. I I need to take real care and found counsel. And the counsel was uh, very, very kind, very generous, but uh, so shocking was the counsel because I did it publicly. I was in a forum. There was like many people around and I was, it was, it was, it was a forum about healing. And I asked a question about how to do eye care. And the council came back through blossoms. So I'm, I, I'm, I'm kind of going, okay, I knew that. Why am I not listening? It was just like a eureka. Why am I not listening? What's going on? So I requested, um, uh, I was requested to take time, of course, to pray and to sit before uh, a blossom. And I realized there was no coincidence here. I was being, you know, railroaded all the way back to the foundation of what I'd been trained 15 years before. I had to reclaim the practice. I had to observe the blossom. And the truth, the real truth, is that the ailment disappeared, completely disappeared. So... I saw that as pretty pretty important. 
and uh, that the knowledge had been given. And even with all those years of practice, I had to go back to the beginning and observe the light of earth as I'd been given it initially. And the clearing of this ailment attested to the reality that earth does dominate. It dominated my field with with a gracious energy and it helped heal and it helped support. So I couldn't, I've been, I couldn't be happier. So we tend to forget the basics and foundations in training are crucial. So I had to go back, reclaim my body, and I had to learn. I had to learn through other experiences similar to that, that I'm given insight and I have to remember the voice of the elder who's behind me. Recreating the wheel is not going to help me. We see that the issue of spirituality isn't that we can't be spiritual beings. It's that we don't hold or perform as trained on how to hold with heart. If the initial counsel in my formative training, if the counsel of that elder was held, would I have been hit with vision issues? So I can speak more to that, but we have to move on. So when culture of old brings us understanding and we continue to play in this way, we will be ill. We find and place value on what is dire and forget that the issue is one of relationship. And today we face the challenge of relating to earth on a global scale and hope to find a way of remedying these challenges. So in the kind of person, I'm the kind of person who wants to look at the issue and be inclusive and give hope. If we look to how training is offered and do, don't allow for support, then we can't be held responsible. If this is big in a world that protects the genuine trainer, the way of indigenous elders can't be held as the work was once oral and now no longer protected. So to hold a genuine training would entail an elder and support. This will protect energetics of the participating field. If the protection isn't there, we can't grow in health or awareness. So we want to view this and we want to see how we look to the issue of spirituality in a world that isn't of one faith isn't easy. To know that there is a way and want to grow isn't a problem. To know that the way is of old and place importance in knowing this way in gathering can be. If the work is not of standard, So if the world wants to know where to go when the crisis of heart ignites, it will look to what it has secured, what holds importance. Faith is personal. If anyone and anyone who knows, knows that faith is power, will know that the work is only with that which is good. So, bringing these ideas forward as natural, 
I say natural because it follows the creative flow. So how does all this come together? I wrote a little book nine years ago that talked about the circle. Essentially talked about the voices that and how the circle brings it all together. So the four voices are the foundational elements. This way of working is looking for a way of taking responsibility and engaging each of these in a way that holds it all together. The book I wrote was about finding a way to work through each of these and finding a way of relating to the whole so that we can contemplate and take ourselves beyond the pain. So Five Blossom Gatherings is honoring the four voices and the way of connecting with those and honoring the way that these need to be engaged as the elements of each are crucial, are essential and needed. We have to be able to respect them. So for those look, considering looking into spiritual care, I introduce to you the light of compassion as a way of holding counsel, as a way of care. I introduce to you the Earth Stewardship Program as a way of connecting with the bloom, because it's all about blooms. I also offer you the flying crane, Qigong, as a way of engaging body in a light way, in a felt way, and engaging the softness and easing the tension and the pain that we engage through looking at spirituality, earth, and faith. Thank you for joining us this week for Five Blossom Radio with Denise Richard. Please tune into our next program. We're live every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time and noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Until we speak again, may you have a harmonious week.